Welcome to a Radio 191 FM podcast. A weekly catch-up with a different executive member each week, talking about what they do, what they have done, and any other exciting things going on at OUSA. It's Executive Chairs. Right, it is 26 minutes to nine, so it is time for Executive Chairs, as you just heard. And right now I'm joined by the Welfare and Equality Representative, uh, Michaela. Morena to you. Morena. How are we today? Good. Warm now I'm inside. Yes, yes, it's very warm in the studio. I like to keep it like that, although it's a little bit too warm sometimes. I can get a little bit tired. Crack a window. Crack a window? Yeah, can't do that. Oh, no, you can't. Soundproof. Yeah, yeah, oh well, can't well. be done. Although you know the cityscape, the sounds of the of the city are quite nice in the background sometimes. Yeah. But you get those big trucks coming through. Anyway, um, right, uh, like every other um, human in the world, COVID nineteen has had a massive impact in uh, what we do. Um, be it uh, working, studying, in, any kind of life. No matter what you do, you've been impacted in some way, and no doubt your role um, has been impacted as well uh, and it's a very important one your role and I guess during COVID and post-COVID it has become extremely important students losing jobs uh, losing time in class um, not necessarily you know might not be in a safe space during that time you know I mean some students may have been locked down with flatmates that they don't exactly get on with things like that um, you know some have been maybe alone during lockdown uh, so their mental health would do, could be suffering un, um, with that. And then there's, of course, exam stress. Um, a lot of welfare issues um, could have sprung up during that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think you <laughs> gave a good example of the layers of <laughs> yeah. welfare needs that have arisen. Um, a lot of it has risen, risen specifically from COVID. Some of it has been exposed by COVID, mm. I like to say. Mm. Specifically, the way that we support students academically, I think, has been exposed yeah. quite well and yeah. is now finally being addressed, whether that be the accessibility issues of lecture recordings. Mm-hmm. I know plenty of disabled students who came to me and said, finally, I have my lectures recorded and I, you know, I was at home, I was at hospital, I was away and I could finally actually listen to my lectures and never be behind. Yeah. So accessibility has been something that's sort of arisen out of it and will hopefully continue, which our academic rep is continuing to work on. Yeah. But that's one sort of gem that's come out of it. Um I guess we saw a huge need for financial support yeah. pretty quickly. OUSA, we increased our own hardship fund by something like $60,000 because it maxed out within the first month. Yeah, of course. Um, which never happens, yeah. really, ever. Yeah. yeah. And the university themselves set up their own hardship fund, Putia Totoko, which has $3 million now. I think it's just reached the $1 million mark of um, grants that are given out to students of varying sizes, they go from something like seven hundred to they can be five thousand dollar grants. But yeah. that's something that's continuing. I'm happy the university has that hardship fund's going to be open up until next year. Yeah, sort of recognizing the fact that this is going to be a massive long term impact for students, especially those that have lost their jobs. Yeah, and fine. students um, that are leaving university are needing support as they transition because a lot of them aren't finding jobs. Yeah, that's right. I know plenty of students that have gone had to graduate, they applied for 80 jobs and now they're having to go on the benefit because there's no jobs anywhere, even the ones that they think they could get. I've got a friend who worked at Pandora for ages, had the qualifications, they were hiring at Pandora, she applied, she's like, I'm going to get it, didn't Didn't get get it. it. Wow. So there's a big 
pressure on the job market. Things that we're doing that we're going into semester two with, we're doing things like the flatting mag, where we're looking to support, especially first years, mm-hmm. to help them how they're going to transition into flatting, because that's one thing that's impacted first years a lot. They've lost the time where they build friendships to build f- groups that they're going to go flatting with. They haven't been able to go look at flats. So we're putting that out, which we haven't put out in about three years, yes, just yes. to recognise that need of support. I've not seen that for a long time. Yeah. And yeah, see, that, that's, that's the things that we don't really think about, right? Like Something like that flatting situation. Mm. Like I would never have thought about that being an issue, but cause it, I, and I guess that's because it's something that's never affected me, but um, you know, that could be, it adds a lot more stress. Mm. It definitely does. I remember uh, we, if you watch, uh, follow Meaningful Confessions on Facebook, Yeah, quite a few first years getting worried about how they're getting into the flooding market. Mm-hmm. We don't take all of our advice from Meaningful Confessions, but it does show yeah. trends kind of every now and then. It was interesting as it went through COVID, seeing what everyone was sort of complaining and worried about. It's, you know, one week it was the exam timetable coming out. Yeah. The other it was, you know, lecture recordings. The next it was flooding. The next it was, how are we getting back on campus? Are libraries going to be open? Mm-hmm. Sort of changed every single week. And that's sort of what OUSA had to change with every week. It felt like <laughs> we'd finished one thing. Yeah. Like we'd get lecture recordings or we'd, we'd get um, the grade bump. Yeah. And then the next thing was, oh, no, the exam timetable. Oh, no. Yeah, flooding. Yeah. Oh, no. Libraries. One thing after another. So, I mean... In saying that, with the meaningful confessions, um, has that been an interesting tool to be able to use? Is that something you actually use as a bit of a tool just to gauge how the student populace is feeling? Yeah, we we did um, like we look at things like that, but we also did a survey ourselves, yes, which got uh, one thousand five hundred responses, which was quite good because student turnout is not <laughs> the best sometimes. But we yes. were glad for that many responses, yes. which gave us a very good overarching understanding of. What I mean, we asked many questions. There were things like, "How's the university run?" It also was a good reflection of how people think that we're running as OUSA. Um, we asked those questions so we could understand: Are we are we doing good? Yeah. Should we be doing better? Um, things like, you know, finding out which papers people were not happy with, um, what events people want to send to second year, which um, was just better Rio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sort of thing <laughs> yeah, people yeah. were asking for, which we hope we provided. I think it was a great Rio, especially yeah, considering the amount of time. Yeah, I was I was watching people have, I did Are You Okay volunteering at mm-hmm. um, a few of the events and at the event on um, Friday everyone was ha- looking like they were having a very good time good. and there weren't too many bad incidents. Good. Which we like. Um, everyone loved the hash brown bites we were giving out. <laughs> that, wow, that's different than just the typical um, frog lollies that we no. get from the um, that other team. We're doing, we're doing hash, hash brown bites and, and mini churros. Um, oh, mini churros. Wow, mm-hmm. you've really stepped up the game, yeah. I always say. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, of course, you would have had a lot of goals going into the beginning of the year um, for the role, uh, and those have been impacted as well. Um, can you tell us uh, about a couple of them and how they're progressing now that you've kind of back in? Because I guess... Um, You've got other things that have popped up, like you mentioned, um, through COVID that you might have to uh, put more time into now. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of them probably will be Mental Health Awareness Week. Yes. Which luckily has always been planned to be in October, so it was kind of a good period of time where it hopefully won't be impacted. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're doing on-campus things now. Um we were supposed to be doing like a sexual health awareness week in the in the middle of May. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell how that went. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we had to sort of leave that one behind. But working on mental health awareness week now is sort of something that I'm focusing on a lot. Yeah. Because we have to ha- have had to have 
put things aside, mm-hmm. it also means that we can put more energy into specific things rather than, you know, 50% into many different things. So planning that now, still a ways away. Yeah. But that should be an exciting opportunity. It's the week before exams, so I think it's a good Perfect period time. of time yes. to recognise that people are under stress. Mm-hmm. Um, probably focusing on specific stresses of COVID-19. Yeah. Um, there'll be things like mental health, um, service providers expose and, and many things like that. Cuddle fix. Yeah. You know, variety of things which I hope students will engage in and enjoy and have good discussions about what exactly has happened to them this year and recognise that it has taken a significant emotional toll on them. And mm-hmm. um, that's why I hope some of the advocacy that we've provided will help. Things like the grade bump. Yeah. We wanted to push forward to recognise that stress is there for all students and they all need this help. Indeed. Was um, the response to a lot of things during COVID, uh, was it quite high? Uh, Were you surprised about the level um, that students did respond to things? Are you talking about, um, you know, hardship funds and grants, uh, things like that? Um, You know, did did the students really come out and seek what was there? Yeah. So, yes, definitely. Um, I myself was getting more emails from students than I'd ever got yeah. Ever, yeah. Um, which I find as a heightened of engagement as well, because you have to Google, go on yeah, the USA website, find my email. You do take that, and so there's a lot of that happening. A lot of students like Facebook messaging us, yeah. that be friends who had friends who needed help, um, and then of course things like the survey. Oh, USA student support had an increase of something like. I think they said they'd see two to three students a week about financial difficulties, and they were seeing two to three a day during COVID-19. Yeah. Um, so that just speaks to the increase in support around that area. Yeah. Usually financial hardship comes in hand in hand with other um, means of support that needed to happen as well, but that was the main um, worry that we were seeing. I think we were seeing a lot more people coming to us for financial hardship because we were advertising it so much more. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. But it's good that they know they can reach out and that they did. Yeah, yeah. Know? And that, I hope, will continue. Yeah. I think it is still happening quite a lot, and I like the way that we were able to adapt. So student support went online, mm, yes. um, which made it a lot more accessible to students to be able to book on appointments online and, and have all of the information online for them rather than dropping in. Dropping is always great, and it's back, but yeah. online support is something that I think was lacking and now students have that option as well yeah so i mean covid is really i mean while it's been absolutely devastating and terrible like you said at the beginning it's really um showing the need for services like that and Mm. long may they continue yeah yeah um one of your ideas and i quite like and it's called the ousa ombudsman and i can never pronounce (laughs) that correctly uh but an independent investigator um and we've seen over the last few years and we've seen all through time uh, at the university but um, definitely over the last few years uh, with the handling around some things that happened at halls uh, with um, some university staff doing some you know not so Mm -hmm. lovely things Um, you know the university kind of whitewashing over top of sexual assault allegations and things like that that there was a great need for an independent investigator Um, and I always thought that it was kind of one at the top at New Zealand universities they kind of had one Um, but it doesn't you know and I think they may do but it's not very publicised out there so you know there is a great need for this kind of role isn't there and OUSA probably and and maybe NZUSA are the people that should be providing it yeah Um, 
basically the goal encapsulates an idea to investigate what an independent investigator would look like, so whether that be an ombudsman or whether that be some sort of independent body, some government um, department Mm. sort of thing, unsure of what it would look like. Ombudsman's a nice way to encapsulate that idea, but... Um, it's one of the goals for me. It's one of the goals for Thursdays in Black this year on in Otago mm-hmm. um, on campus to be able to find the funding to um, have research done into exactly what it should be and what it should look like so that whether that be OUSA or we hope NZUSA would be able to lobby for this to be able some, to be something that's a reality. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at ombudsmen, there's, you know, specific ombudsmen for things. There's a banking ombudsman. There's yes. blah, blah, blah. So they do specialise. So there is that um, capacity for something like that. But as you said, there is a great need for transparency, and yes. independent transparency yes. on this issue because specifically Otago University and if you look at affiliated colleges that may have been implicated in the mm-hmm, past, mm-hmm. there's a there's a desire to be able to do things in-house, Yes, which in part is because they believe that they're best suited because they know the situation and, and we can keep things quiet. Um, partly because they want to protect themselves from scrutiny and Mm -hmm. whether that be how their funding happens or whether they be fined or whether they be implicated criminally in negligence or anything like that. So it's really important to have that independent voice looking at this issue because, you know, there was a survey done a few years ago where um, I think it's one in three women on campus experience some form of sexual harassment. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. It's a big issue. It's something that needs to be looked at, something that needs to be looked at independently because historically we see when it's done in-house, it's not done right. Yeah, yeah. it's just put underneath the rug and no mechanism is put in place to stop it happening again in the future or stemming some kind of um, flow of um, harassment on campus, Mm. which we know is rampant. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter how much we talk about it, doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it. Uh, right, so we talked, we've got the Mental Health uh, Week coming up, which I think is fantastic. Um, it uh, should have happened a long time ago, but thank you so much for getting the ball rolling on that one. Um, and any other exciting events? I mean, it's election year. Um, you know, do you have any idea of, um, is it, are you going to be pushing any certain party, um, depending on their platforms? OUSA, so we, we had our OUSA... Um, referendum and we asked those questions there was a question about whether we should back a specific party it came back as a resounding no yes um and yeah uh i don't think it's constructive for us to push a specific party of course there are policies that certain parties have presented that align with what we want such as what the green party just announced about um a universal basic income Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. something that we have pushed for through universal education income there's just broadens it to everyone not just students but we're a fan of that sort of thing um but we're of course not going to back one specific party because as we know students vote for many different people and it's been presented as it would be unfair to yeah. back a party well, I always say is there to represent the all, all 20,000 yeah, not just right. you know the one group but um we're going to be having things like politics week which is going okay. to be happening in August the week of August 10th I believe and that'll be basically our ability, yeah, a week for us to get student engagement with politicians on campus yeah. have um, engagement with youth wings on campus, engagement through forums and educational information, because we're also looking at the referendums, not just the election. That's right. Um, OUSA did just come out 
in favour of the cannabis referendum, which is the only real political stance that we've made this year, because it's something we believe does impact students specifically and disproportionately, and it's something that we need to stand up for them for. You're not having a say on the euthanasia debate? No, we decided to stay neutral on that one just because we felt it wasn't a student-specific issue, Mm -hmm. and it's a very difficult conversation to have, um, you know, whether that be people's religious views, whether that be people in the disabled community who aren't quite comfortable with it, whether that be um, just... people not in favour of it. It was a bit more of a difficult referendum for us to back wholeheartedly because within our... I mean, not everyone on our exec voted yes for cannabis, but I think it would be even more divisive for us to talk about and discuss. Um, But cannabis, we said yes. (laughs) All right, well, there we go. Uh, Brent, well, hey, thank you for coming in this morning. Yeah. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. There are heaps more at r1.co.nz.